And welcome to episode 52 of the Get More Sports Podcast. My name is Doug McCain. Thanks for rocking with us once again on today's episode. We're breaking down the MLB postseason tonight. You got Dodgers, Nationals, Game 5 from Dodger Stadium. And then the Rays are trying to pull off an upset for the ages in the ALDS, forcing a Game 5 against the Astros. And then we're going to talk about Ben Simmons who did the unthinkable, hit his first three-pointer of his career yesterday. All that much more here on episode 52 of the Get More Sports Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review to the pod wherever you get your podcast these days, and then watch the clips on YouTube and give me all your takes on all of today's topics. But we've got lots to get into, so let's get right into it. Are you And we're going to start with the Tampa Bay Rays, who forced the Game 5 in the ALDS yesterday after beating the Astros 4-1. to And you'd expect, hey, this Rays team is going to bow down to this juggernaut of an Astros squad, right? This historically great Astros squad that's first in batting average, second in home runs, first in slugging percentage, tied for first in walk rate, first in strikeout rate. Not these Rays. These Rays, they squeak in via the wild card, and they have the Astros on the brink of elimination. It all started when Tommy Pham went deep on the 2019 Cy Young favorite, Justin Verlander, in the bottom of the first. The 2-2, and Pham throws this one. Deep left center, one nothing Rays. Then Verlander started to have control issues. Walks a couple batters, and then Darno comes up. He singles to left. That scores Choi, making it 2 nothing. Rays. Base hitter to left field off the bat of Darno. Here comes Choi. He scores. Rays lead 2 nothing. And then Wendell comes up. He doubles to right, making it 3 nothing. Tampa Bay. He runs three hits in the inning for the Rays. The two want to Wendell, and he drives this one into the right field corner. Garcia scores. Here comes Darno, and now he heads back to third. Wendell drives in Garcia. And then top of the fourth, the Astros threatening Jordan Alvarez. He hits one deep, and then Kiermaier and Adamas, they combine for a ridiculous relay throw to gun down Altuve at the plate. Bang, bang, play, but it keeps the Astros from getting a run there. First, line drive to the gap, right center. On the move, Kiermaier, he can't get it. It short hops the wall. Plays the carom, Altuve to third is being waved. Adamas with a relay. Here's the throw. Darno's got it. He is out at home play. What a relay by Willie Adamas, and it started with a great throw by Kiermaier. But it was bang, bang, and Altuve didn't have any kind of an argument. And then Willie Adamas, he comes in, and then he gets it done with the bat, making it 4 nothing raise after a home run off Verlander. Against Justin Verlander. It's a high drive, deep in the air, left center field. Friendly turns and looks. 
It's gone! Home run! Willie Adamas is homered again, and the Rays have a 4 nothing lead. Is he enjoying And it was a great night for Tampa Bay sports. How great? The catch of the night belonged to O.J. Howard. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers tight end, he catches an Austin Meadow foul ball in the bottom of the eighth, makes a sweet grab on it. Check this out. Play the clip. Tonight, he struck out three times. That gentleman just barehanded the ball. He was excited. He got a suit. He got an $8 baseball, Joe. Of course he has good hands. It's Buccaneers tight end O.J. Howard. Oh, O.J. Howard, former Alabama tight end. Yes. And, yes, that gentleman happens to be my fantasy tight end. So I'm hoping I'm getting some points for that. But the Astros, they mounted a threat in the top of the ninth, but that's when the Rays summoned last year's Cy Young Award winner, Blake Snell, who shut it down and sent the Rays into Game 5. Snell ready with the runners leading at second and third, the 1-2. Swing and a line drive back up the middle, right there is Wendell. He has it, throws the first, Rays win, Rays win, Rays win. They beat the Astros by a score of 4-1, to have evened up this series at two games apiece, and Houston... We're on our way back. So this Rays team has forced a game five. Winner take all. Anything can happen in that one. And we're talking about a Rays team with a team salary of $53 million. The Cubs were first this year with $211 million. They knocked out a guy who's going to win the Cy Young Award this year, a guy whose average annual value is $31 million. Their team salary is $53 million. They average... 100,000 people watching their game at home. They get 14,000 fans at night at the Trop, and they have this historically great Astros team. Their Team WRC Plus for the Astros, a staggering 125. That's just one point off the 27 Yankees. So we are talking David and Goliath, and if the Tampa Bay Rays get this done, this is the greatest upset in division round history. This Rays team is outplaying this Astros team in almost every facet of the game. They have a 6-4 edge in homers. They have a 17-3 edge in scoring. They have more walks, a better on-base percentage, a better slugging percentage. The Astros have been flat out outplayed by this Rays team. And if you're the Tampa Bay Rays, if you pull this off, just so you know, road teams are 18 and 11 in wild card game fives since 1995 and 3 and 0 since 2016. Now, can these Rays go on the road in game five and beat Garrett Cole, a guy who struck out 15 in game one, a guy who hasn't lost a game in months? I don't think they can get it done. I think it's going to be tough. I think the Astros still advance to play the Yankees. But if the Rays are somehow able to miraculously pull off this upset, it's the greatest upset in postseason history. NLDS Game 5, winner take all between the Nationals and the Dodgers. The Dodgers trying to make it to their fourth straight NLCS while the Nationals are trying to get out of the NLDS for the first time in franchise history. Both teams throwing their most dominant starter into this winner-take-all Game 5. You got Walker Buehler. He was dominant in Game 1. Strasburg, he was dominant in Game 2. To me, it's an immovable object against an unstoppable force, a matchup for the ages. 
And it starts with Steven Strasburg. Yes, Steven Strasburg, you've officially lived up to the hype. 2010, number one pick, the same draft as Mike Trout, 50,000 people to see your first game, and he was brilliant in game two. Ten strikeouts, no walks, only allowed three hits, 85 pitches in six innings, and he was brilliant. Dodger hitters could not catch up to his curveball. They were swinging at stuff outside of the zone, swinging misses on that curveball all night long. And Steven Strasburg, he's looking forward to Game 5. I don't know. I mean, it, you know, I've said this before. I think it's it's something that, you know, you train for, you dream about as a kid. And, um, you know, you want to have those opportunities to just see how your stuff stacks up. And, um, you know, when you're in the moment and stuff, it's, it's, it's a great feeling. Um, and, uh, you know, just going out there and competing against the best. And Strasburg has been absolutely dominant all postseason long. Nine innings, one run allowed, and 28 postseason games in his career. He's got a lifetime postseason ERA of .64. So this Dodger lineup, these bats better be ready. They got to lay out that curveball outside of the zone. They got to work that pitch count up and find a way to get to that bullpen. The Nationals, the worst bullpen ever to make it to the postseason. And the bullpens for both teams have been inconsistent. The combined ERA for the Dodgers and the Nationals bullpen this series is 7-5-2. So the first team to get to the opponent's bullpen to me has the advantage. So the Dodgers, they have to get to Steven Strasburg and Walker Bueller. So Walker Bueller, his game one wasn't as great as Steven Strasburg's, but it was still dominant in its own right. Six innings pitched, eight strikeouts, three walks, 100 pitches for Walker Buehler. He had that gas, 99. He had the breaking ball working. He was working all of his pitches in that game one dominating performance. But the advantage that Walker Buehler has is he's been on bigger stages. He's seen the brighter lights of the World Series. Pitched a gem in game three last year against the Red Sox. He was the trusted pitcher in game seven against the Milwaukee Brewers last year and as Walker Buehler mentioned in his press conference leading up to game five that hey this is fun this is an opportunity to perform under the brightest lights on the biggest stages and he is ready for game five listen to Walker Buehler certainly helps and um, there's there's not a lot to it we got to win a game and um, if we don't we go home a rash in the back just further to that Walker do you embrace that do you embrace the big stage the big moment everything on the line yeah I mean I think in those kind of those kind of games, I, I think it also helps to know that you got got everyone else behind you. It's kind of all hands on deck, and um, go as long as you can, as good as you can, and and try and get out of it as clean. So, um, you know, we're excited. I, I think the thing that's kind of lost in playoff baseball is that that it's it's really fun, and and I think the pressure and things like that. If you if you spin it in your head the right way, it can it can make it more fun. So. Um, that's our Walker Buehler is going to be ready for tonight. The bigger the stage, the more the adrenaline. Walker Buehler feeds off this type of energy. You know Walker <laughs> Buehler is going to bring it tonight, and I look for the Dodgers to advance. I think Steven Strasburg, yes, Steven Strasburg is dominant. 38 strikeouts in 28 postseason innings. Still hasn't allowed a postseason home run and facing 107 batters. I think the Dodgers hit a home run off Strasburg tonight. I think someone goes deep 
for the Dodgers. I think David Freeze, Justin Turner, Jock Peterson, someone's going to step up. Hopefully it's Cody Bellinger. Cody Bellinger, he's hitting 200 in the series, just three for 17. They need the MVP award winner from this year to step up. But I think the Dodgers get their first series clinching win at home since the 2013 NLDS against the Braves. And I gave you those road records. Road teams in game fives on the road for the NLDS and ALCS are combined 18-11. Since 2016, teams are 3-0. and So you got to watch out for that road team. But I think ultimately the best arm will win tonight. And that arm is going to be Walker Buehler. This Dodger lineup all season long, one thing they know how to do is make adjustments. Second time seeing Strasburg, I think they're going to find a way to get to him. The Dodgers, their bullpen, their bullpen is better than the Nationals' bullpen. They're playing at home. They are the reigning National League champs, and I think the Dodgers get it done. They squeak by the Nationals tonight at the Chavez Ravine. But both franchises, the Nationals and the Dodgers, you got to feel okay about this. You got to feel great about the fact you have your best pitcher on the mound in the biggest game of the season, and they're rested. So may the best arm win tonight, but I think it's going to be Walker. Bueller. 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 Yes, it has happened. Ben Simmons has made a three. I thought I would see Bigfoot before I saw Ben Simmons, and I'm going to be telling my kids and my grandkids where I was the day that Ben Simmons Finally hit his first three-point shot in the NBA. If you remember the meme, remember the meme? We got to retire that meme where it has Ben Simmons in the spacesuit and says, when you have the option of going to space or shooting your first three, has him in the spacesuit. We got to retire that. And that was one of my favorite memes. But he hits a three yesterday against the Gonzalo Lung Lions in their first preseason game of the year. He goes into his bag of tricks at the end of the first half. He drills a three-pointer to give Philadelphia a 82-41 lead against this half. You got to see the three. Check it out. But you're just speaking to the maturity of Ben Simmons, and that's also linked to Tobias, who worked out with Ben over the summer, said he knows just a maturity in him. Pulling it out right now, resetting. They want him to shoot it. And he does. Ben Simmons shoots the three. The fans want it. They're asking him for it. And Ben Simmons is giving it to him. Joel Embiid comes onto the court and gives him a big hug. That has got to feel good. Let's take a look at it again, shall we? Okay. Fans are on their feet. Let me give them what they want. If I'm Ben, I'm saying, what's all the fuss about? This is what I do now. Leave me open. I'm going to make you pay. Money in the bank. I've been working on that all summer long. Let me show it to you, Ben Simmons. Coming up at the half, we've got... All you Ben Simmons haters out there, all you guys that bought the shirt that says, shoot a three, you coward. What are you going to do with that shirt? You better throw it away because he did it. They need to have a picture of Ben Simmons in the locker room holding up that paper that just says one. 
for one three-pointer made like they did with Wilts 100. But all jokes aside, if Ben Simmons, who to me, he's going to take off now. Ben Simmons, that was a major step. I'm making a lot of this because he's been working on his jump shot all summer long. And the preseason, this is the perfect time for him to get that new jumper going. So if you look at him, he's got 19.7 assists, five rebounds at the half. And he just looked like an MVP caliber player. He looked like a first-team All-NBA player. And you know he can get to the rim in a couple steps. You know at his size, 6'9 and a half, 6'10, if he has the if you have to respect his jump shot, it's over. It is over. Ben Simmons is a first-team all-NBA caliber player. All he needed was a respectable jumper because he drives the basket. He's so powerful. And Brent Brown said. Once somebody has to be guarded, the rules change. That's what he said after the game. The holy grail in our sport is to avoid rotations. If Ben Simmons is coming off a pick and roll and he actually has to be hedged out on and rollers can get behind or they're not back just showing a crowd all the time on Joel, he has the ability to chew up space both on and off the ball in a way that can be harmful to opponents. He's coming out of a cannon. And I agree with Brent Brown. This is a whole nother element and brings a whole new dynamic to the Sixers team. And yes, it is just 1-3. We're going to see if you can even hit it against NBA competition. You got to consider the opponent. They were up 82-41 to after he hit the shot, but it is a step in the right direction. Ben Simmons did not want to make too big of a deal out of it after the game, but check out Ben Simmons talking about his first made three in the NBA. Time went down, um, and I had the ball, so I had to take a shot. Was the, was the crowd encouraging you to take it? I didn't really hear anything. You didn't hear no. anything? Well, what did it feel like? I, I know, I mean, it kind of sort of get the monkey off your back. So. I mean, I work every day, so to me it's like, you know, shows. You know, I'm in the gym every day putting in work, so, I mean, I feel like it's paying off. One thing I like about Ben Simmons is he was admitting that he really had some issues in the first couple years, but he says this summer that he fell in love with basketball again. He told the Associated Press that he fell in love with the game again this summer and that he learned how to block out criticism to the point where he no longer cares if he misses a shot. So that was the thing with Ben Simmons. He always looked tentative at the end of quarters, at the end of halves. He never wanted to throw up a three-point shot, wasn't shooting them in warm-ups. But, hey, that has changed. It's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Hey, if he can make a three-pointer, you guys out there, you can do just about anything. Ben Simmons made a three. Remember the day it happened. So I think the sky's the limit. I'm not ready to call the Sixers title favorites yet. Like I said, I want to see him make it in games, but it was definitely very encouraging for the career of Ben Simmons. And that is going to do it for episode 52 of the Get More Sports Podcast. As always, my name is Doug McCain. You can follow me at DMAC underscore LA. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the pod wherever you get your podcast these days. Head over to YouTube, comment on all of today's topics. See you guys Friday, and I'm out.